Do you remember that time that uh, Joker shot Batgirl in the spine? Correct. And then took... No, n- hang on, hang on. I answered that wrong. Yes. <laughs> and then took nudie photos of her to torture her dad. Yes. Yeah. It's that was a, messed up. It was, uh, it was seminal, some may say. Mm. One of the best Joker stories ever. Yeah. Uh, arguably one of the most important Batgirl stories ever, but I potentially so. one of the worst. Like one of the best for her characters in terms of giving her a point of difference, but maybe one of the worst if you want, if you think, when you think of a character, if you think about empathizing with them as a human being. Like it wouldn't have been very fun for her. Probably not. She wouldn't have been like, oh, hang on, where do I get back on this ride after it's finished? Sure got paramalized. You know what weirds me out about stuff like that, stories like that and other things like Silence of the Lambs and and that sort of thing? Mm. Is that someone has to think of that? Like it's all well and good to go, oh, but it's a fictional character. Yeah. But it's a real person who's writing it, who's had the twisted friggin' mind thoughts to turn that into a story. It's a thing. That concerns me. Yeah. Why aren't more writers serial killers? Over <laughs> to you, Stefan. Uh, well, when I was writing uh, <laughs> in Toddler Blood on a cat. No. Uh, well, that, I mean, that story was written by Alan Moore, who spends his days hiding secrets in his enormous cave beard and worshipping a snake god. <laughs> so he maybe proves the point. A little bit unhinged, perhaps. Yeah. So we're, of course, talking about Joker shooting Batgirl in the spine due to the comics controversy that's erupted across the interwebs. Erupted. Uh, this like week. A, no, no, I'm backing out of that one. <laughs> Gross. About a, a cover to a Batgirl comic which people have found... Uh, Offensive, yes, and then people have found that offence offensive, and then meta offensive. People have found that offence to that offence quite offensive. <laughs> There's a lot of offendedness going around. Yeah, so are you familiar with this controversy of uh, the Joker I, thing? I, I haven't done a huge amount of. Re- I've read sort of one article that sort of said, you know, this is the problem, and I've seen the cover, which. I don't want to say which camp I'm in yeah. in terms of how offensive it is or isn't. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm probably au fait with it enough to interject small amounts of special commentary. Someone hit me up on the book face. Yeah. PM style. Did they poke you first? Poke, poke. Uh, not on the platform. Facebook is overly sexualized. <laughs> well, what That's is another it? topic. Up to and including the Batgirl. There was a, a variant cover for a comic book. Mm-hmm. That people had been offended by, and that the cover had been subsequently eradicated from existence Removed. due to this Recalled. offense. Armed with this knowledge, I went on Facebook and saw I could only find sort of one person talking about it. And look, I looked at the cover. So, comic books are trying to create sort of a Pokemon slash cocaine aesthetic when it comes to their commercial viability, <laughs> which is that. Uh, I like that you link those two <laughs> things together. If they have a big comic book or something, they're always trying to pump out like 20 variant covers for comic books for people yes. who are, don't really read them. The idea being that the most sort of obsessive of the readership will try to buy the same comic book 12 times to get the 12 unique covers. I tried to do this quite briefly as a child when, like, <laughs> when I was collecting comics. It was the 90s, which is famously when this variant alfoil hologram cover thing hit its peak and almost destroyed the industry. We will put a picture of this comic book cover that we're talking about up on the old interwebs for for the four people that 
don't know what it looks like. I would have some advice for those four people, but uh, <laughs> I'll just keep that to myself so as not to interrupt the narrative too much. So DC are doing Joker Month, is my understanding, and so for all of their comics there is a variant cover which depicts the Joker in some way. And so it's not the cover that just ships on the book. It's like a special cover that you can get. Yep. And this one has sort of been revealed on the internet because when I was told this story, I think the reason I was asked about it is because of my quite public shouty stance the last <laughs> time this shit happened, which was a much more clear-cut picture of, oh, that was a Spider-Woman cover, Yep. which was... Um, Gross and fucked because <laughs> what was I have I, I missed that. What so was, that was a more was open and shut case where they were like, Spider Woman gets her own series. So to celebrate this, we'll do a variant cover which puts this female character. But is there a way that we can depict both her tits and ass? And, <laughs> and to there was there was a picture drawn of her of her sort of she's Spider Woman, so mm. she is climbing over like the ledge of a building. Yep. And, but she's positioned in a way, not only is her costume sort of so tight as to be, they've basically drawn a naked woman and then just gone like fill with costume colouring. <laughs> but she was doing what was sort of widely represented as presenting. Like she Ooh. was she was in a, in a pose. Which, oh, I have seen this yeah. where she sort of got her back arched to a point where she sort of looks like she's about to snap into it, the Indeed. belly button so that you can see her. Buns and her boobs. Yeah, she's fighting crime butt first. Why not? And it was just a cut, and that was a. Is that sexist? (laughs) Is that objectifying women? Therein lies the controversy. So that was, you know, agree or disagree, a much more obvious. Oh, people are offended by this because they think that it's sexualizing the character. You don't need to see Spider Woman's spider sphincter, basically, to get the point across. Thwip. No, she doesn't have webs. She's got venom bursts. Yikes. Zap. You wouldn't want to ogle her too hard. Otherwise, venom burst. Now you're fucked. Take that, misogyny. Take that, patriarchy. Ooh. Men's rights. But that's the thing. Given the nature of comic books, which is sort of broadly plagued by this problem of being sort of male-dominated and white-dominated. Dudes everywhere. uh, And that women, female characters within comic books are quite sort of sexualized and they've traditionally been drawn from the male gaze and blah 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 tits that's <laughs> yes that's the that's the thing that we've usually confronted where like when someone says there's a comic book cover about a female character and people have got the shits about it you usually assume it's 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 boobs related yes i went and had a look and looked up the cover and it's it's not that it is a picture of the joker with batgirl and basically, as his hostage. And I should say, the first thing that strikes me about the cover is that it's really excellent. That's a beautiful piece of art. It's a beautiful piece of art. And it is like it's emotionally confronting, but in a way that art is, not in a way that Fapo porno is. You know? <laughs> like it, it is an excellent piece of comic book art. And it is emotionally effective because it alludes to this seminal Joker story, The Killing Joke, in which Joker. Shot Batgirl in the spine, took naked photos of her and used them to uh, torture her father, Commissioner Gordon. Which I think is confronting in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, and the cover, I, I think, pales in comparison to the actual storyline. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the cover has Joker with his arm around Batgirl, clearly in sort of a... Like, it's setting up the power relationship. She's crying. Yep. She's had a... Like she's a, terrified. Her eyes are... She's scared shitless as it were yeah she's had a dark night joker smile drawn on her face in blood 
uh, and he's just like holding a gun. And so the it's just he's it's, got he's got a very casual kind of grip yeah. on her as well, which is I think makes it more sort of scary and powerful. Well, it's a, yes, and it is even if you didn't see the story, I would argue it's certainly showing that. Joker is just a haphazardly terrifying gentleman who has dominated this woman and she is terrified. What do you want from somebody who refers to themselves as the clown prince of crime? He's clearly an unhinged fucker. It's an excellent depiction of the Joker and his whole deal. Yep. When you look at the context Super of Looney it. bag. Yeah, when you look at the context of the cover, someone's been given a brief, hey, it's a Batgirl comic, can you do something about the Joker? It's not hard to connect the dots, which goes, oh, Batgirl and the Joker, killing joke, let's put that on the cover, and you end up with that, which is fucking amazing. Agree. My understanding is the reason people were, like, bummed out about it is because it alludes to a story which is one in which the Joker sexually assaults Batgirl. Yep. Which many when you say that phrase, people go, well, she wasn't on panel that he touched her on the burbs. No, it's just he... Doesn't need he to took be. naked pictures Doesn't of her. Doesn't need to be gratuitous. Yeah. It can be implied. I suppose what I find really interesting about this is by the time I discovered it, it had become that narrative of people were offended by the, the cover, probably over-offended by the cover because it does not explicitly show any sexual content or anything. It's all about the subtext of the piece. So people are, up, are, are outraged and DC have now said that they're not going to publish the cover. And this is, this is, this is colossal bullshit because it's censorship and blah, blah, blah. What I find interesting about that is sort of, it's a symptom of a broader thing, which I've been sort of preoccupied with lately, which is the polarization of arguments on the internet. And it's, re- it's really hard to engage with stuff if you are not willing to argue from a polarized position. Trying to figure out what was going on after the fact. The timeline is more that it was published that this cover is happening. People did do like the the thing that happens all the time now. They did a hashtag thing where they were like ban the cover or something. Yeah. So people went up and said, "We don't like this cover for those reasons." Um, hashtag activism. Yeah, they had their quiver of concerns. Like it alludes to sexual violence. It you know it puts a strong female character in a victim position on the cover of her own book. It uh, continues to define um, Batgirl by the sort of worst trauma that she had. So they have all these things, which I think you can you can pick them all up off the shelf and parse them, and they've got pros and cons and stuff. But it just boils down to that general thing where I think it's the it's the argument I had with people about the Spider Woman cover, where you can you can look it in the eye and say I think people are overreacting. But what they're actually reacting to is a broad cultural movement in which women are maligned in comics. And you, and you get you get in trouble because people get so angry and you're like, well, I don't understand why you're so angry. I think the problem is that, if you, is that people are examining this purely as a comic book cover and this is this examining things in a Dyson that we've talked about before. Mm. I, I think it's, it's a confronting thing because it is part of a, an issue that is – very much a hot topic in society and, and I think the internet is is largely to thank for giving giving voice to this this narrative around around sexism and patriarchy and, and all of that sort of I, I don't know what to lump, what umbrella to lump those issues under I, I think why shouldn't we confront everyday issues like that through and we've talked before comic books are art 
mm. uh, arguably. And if you want to argue with that, don't listen to this show because they are. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're really mega we've, art. We've always examined society through art and that, that's one of the things that art's good for, whether it's, you know, visual or literary or, or whatever. Comic books have the, the advantage of being both of those things. Mm. Um, so why shouldn't we, we put this sort of thing in people's face and, and I guess encourage some sort of dialogue or discourse over it. I, I think it's a good thing. For, I, I, I reject the idea that something being controversial is – I think when somebody says something's controversial, it's inherently got a negative connotation to it in, in the world that we live in. Uh, and I reject that, categorically reject that. I, but but con- <laughs> I like controversial it. art has always been sort of polarising. I think you need to have that. So that's that's I my agree. commentary on the whole thing. No, and I think one of the most uh, – it's a really corrosive argument and it was one that was really prominent during Gamergate and stuff and it's sort of – there's shades of it here. Uh, an idea that art that exists for escapism's sake cannot be judged in a social context – so when you people know who thinks that who cockheads <laughs> well it's true i mean <laughs> comics you know we get bummed out because you, you we're sort of getting past the point driven by the success of comic book films i think where even five years ago, still every single comic book story started with the heading of "It's just not for kids anymore," you know <laughs> video games are growing up in the same way where one of the symptoms of it actually being treated as art is that it attracts critical thought. And people look at it and they review it and they try to put it in the context of society. I think we have people who love these artworks, be they video games or comic books, who are not sort of ready to do that or do not understand the context of that discussion. Mm. If, if people react to a comic book cover or a video game or something and say, I find that, offensive slash sexist slash misogynist racist whatever there's a strange tendency that keeps coming up for the fans of that stuff the people that do like it to take that very personally to go well if you think that comic that i like is sexist you're calling me a sexist and now i'm defensive and i'm angry and i don't want you to take my toys away i think that stems from the fact that until sort of very recently where comic books and video games have become extremely mainstream they started as countercultures mm. and i see this problem you know as i've mentioned i work in the it industry and a very hot topic at the moment is cultural and gender diversity in the it industry mm-hmm. and i think it becomes very confronting for the people of power or the people of privilege which is White dudes, yeah, uh, in that industry because it's go us. It <laughs> it started as a counterculture as well. It was this sort of little exclusive thing that we did in that people did in garages where they were sort of it was you know hobbyist computer clubs and stuff like that. And now it's this thing that's grown up and has to be a part of the real world. And I think comic books and and video games are the same thing where they've grown up and they've they've got mainstream mass appeal now. Mm. And I think that's. A bit of a shock for the people that have been part of it since it was sort of this counterculture type of thing to to have to now take in the whole of society sort of mainstream views when your chosen art form becomes mainstream accessible. Yeah. It's a bit scary. A bit scary that everybody wants the women to have, you know, (laughs) normal-sized boobs and not just be pointing their asses at villains and stuff. Yeah. In investigating the comic book thing, it turns out that the – the real sequence of events is that people react to the cover and then the next sort of public manifestation, DC comes out and says, 
we are not going to publish this cover, blah, 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 because we, we do not find threats uh, acceptable. And there's a bit of confusion. And then eventually the art, and they've pulled it at the artist's discretion. So the artist has asked them to not put the cover on the, the comic book. The artist comes out publicly and says, and clarifies that he has not been threatened. The people that said, I'm offended, have been threatened with violence by people who have said, stop trying to change my comic books. You know, these people are offended and so DC have censored the comic book. Is not the case. The case is just more murky and complicated. You feel like both sides are so polarised that you don't know what to do. Like if, a, if someone says, I don't like a comic book cover and the next thing that happens is it can't go on because people are saying, well, if you don't like this comic book, I'm going to rape, murder, burn you to death or something. It's very Bit hard of an to... an overreaction. Yeah, it's hard to see a way forward there. So, I mean, the takeaway for me on this thing is just... And I wonder, given the immediacy, of, we seem to be at a sort of nexus point or just in the middle of some growth, which makes this stuff very hard, where it's like the immediacy of the internet allows us to immediately voice outrage about things. And I should clarify that for me personally, I don't find that cover offensive, but I'm not going, if someone says they do find it offensive, I can sort of, I can say, well, I, I don't agree with you and I don't think it should be censored, but I'm not going to tell you, you can't be offended. I don't think the issue is whether people are offended or not. Pe- mm. People are going to be offended by by it and some people are not. I, I think th- the issue is whether it's acceptable to pull that. And yeah. Well, and the th- it's, it's very murky waters. I wouldn't want to make a call either well, way. But like I said, you at, at what point do you have to draw a line when you're talking about a story that's essentially about a crazed psychopath that does absolutely horrific things? Yeah. How else are you going to – how else are you going to – convey that and then i guess you you have the the ability then to fall down the rabbit hole of well should we publish that story at all and i think the answer is resoundingly yes because we Mm. should be confronting stuff like that through through art and through comic books i agree uh, i think we need to be so another complicating factor the the creators of the batgirl comic book have said that they they didn't want the cover yeah they that's were, that's, they were that's in board. the article that I've, I've got um, up here, which we'll post on the, the level 30s. Because the, the other contextual piece is that this Batgirl comic is sort of, it's a vanguard for this new approach. DC, when DC relaunched their titles and rebooted their universe, they copped a lot of criticism because uh, they, they did not score very highly in terms of like women in their books that were not like just mega tit machines. <laughs> and, the, and they took some strong characters and they just reduced them down to like... Can we call this episode Mega Tip Machines <laughs> yeah. just for the SEO? It, it might. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the people that might find it interesting will be turned off, but we'll probably get more <laughs> listeners. I don't know if it'll ultimately be good. This new Batgirl is like a reboot. It's it's skewed her younger, and it's 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 a book that's designed to be more sort of accessible to a younger audience. They've redesigned her costume to be less revealing like they're trying this is a book which is trying to elevate her to a similar level to where batman's up at in terms of credibility not centered around breasts yeah and also trying to like send a message of like we've heard you here is a book for these people it is a it is a wrinkle in the the sort of pure censorship narrative to like this if this book is seeking to make this statement is this the right book to put a picture on which reminds you like, but don't forget that time she got shot in the fucking goddamn spine or whatever. <laughs> uh, like it's just, 
it's a it's a clash of tones, you know. It's yep. basically a friendly friendly book, and they're putting a very viol- like emotionally violent cover on it. Yep. So taking all politics aside, it's poor messaging. Yeah, it's something you'd expect out of Microsoft. And there's the and that's the thing. DC as a corporate entity should have been able to parse that a bit better, I would suggest. But you know, what are we going to do? We're in a bit of a people are trying we're to attract. We're going to have a fight about it on the internet. Is what we're going to do. But yeah, if you if you go out of your way to do the right thing, which is to a, a like cater to a more diverse audience, you are going to have to start hearing from that we're diverse have to audience. Start catering to that more diverse yeah. audience. And which I don't, includes their feedback. Yeah, and I don't want to go to the other. That's the thing. I'm not on either side. I'm not going like DC should be ashamed of themselves, and I hope someone got fired for that. You're such a fence sitter. <laughs> well, it's so just pick one side and hate the other. Like it's a hard place to sit, you know. That's what Twitter's for. And the also the idea of this as censorship is kind of ruined by the fact that we've we've seen it. Like we've all seen the cover. Yeah. Like it's out there. DC have not salted the earth. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't take it back. Yeah. That's the beauty of the internet. Just like that time I... No, never mind. So Nobody <laughs> needs to know about that video. That's what I see whenever I close my eyes. So the thing that really fascinates me about this cover is that it is... Like, it's hard. Like, we've talked for a while about a fucking... We've done, well, we've done a whole episode. We're going to have to wrap it up shortly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fiendishly complicated issue. And I'm really getting increasingly preoccupied with this this tendency. It's the thing. I do get... I can feel people getting the shits of me for being a fence sitter because for this, my <laughs> like, I haven't written anything about the Joker thing. I didn't go on Facebook because I really didn't feel like having an argument about it. Oh, I'll post it for you. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up because <laughs> then I can comment on it and c- get away scot-free. But it's just the answer for this stuff is always to just go and find out as much as you can and it's always more complicated than it appears to be. Like, I got sold on the narrative of, like, people are offended, fucking feminazi, social justice warrior, left-wing, hippy-dippy fucksticks. Ooh, and the now, worst kind of fuckstick. Yeah, and now DC, a corporate bastard right-wing cigar-chomping entity, has fucking ruined my covers. What I, <laughs> And I just want my comic, my funny books. And I could have very easily just gone straight to the internet and go, that's, that's fucking bullshit. Am I, am I weird for having dug in deep and then gone, oh, yes. this is too murky? Oh, sorry, I'll let you finish. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's... No, I don't think so. I think you're a responsible member of society. You've I don't feel like it's a popular thing. It's probably not. Mm. Who wants to be popular? Darren Hayes. That's about it. <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> Unless oh. you're a former member of Savage, Savage, Savage Garden. No one cares. It's no true. Popularity's for chumps. So I suppose what we've learned today is who gives a tiny we have. shit. This has probably been the, the deepest, darkest, uh, most, uh, I don't even know what the word is, serious mm. episode we've ever recorded. Do we have, what, at what time are we up to? Oh, like home time, pretty much, <laughs> more or less. Give or take a minute or two, in which case, I don't know, should we discuss the dude from One Direction who left the tour after... What? Because he's on stress stress relief from... Stress relief? His, someone said that he cheated on his girlfriend. Shit. Probably after looking at the Batman cover and deciding <laughs> that women were not worth considering as real human beings. They're just objects. So he's got it in trouble and he's just pulled out of the 1D tour. There you are, we've ended on a line note. <laughs> wow. I don't know what to do with that. I'm waiting for you to ask how I know that. Uh, I just it's trending on Facebook. <laughs> really? Popped up in the little trend thing. Had former Prime Minister of Australia, Malcolm Fraser, 
passes away. I don't know, Saffron Pajama Pants or whatever his name is. He's got a weird name. Saffron Pajama Pants. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. There's your name of the is episode. Out of out of the one D tour. It's a thing. It's a thing. What does that mean though? I don't know. Maybe they're changing direction and what? now they're multiple. <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm I don't know about the one D thing. Sure. What I do know about one D is that I heard this song once, their first single, I heard it. Someone played it for me and I was like, oh this is a poppy little yeah. tune. And then I had no idea what it was. I was just like, oh, it's just this poppy little pop song that I don't mind the sound of. And I played it for a friend of mine. I was like, have a listen to this. And he was yeah. like, are you fucking serious, bro? <laughs> All respect, gone. You can't help it. You, I know. You're a man with, with ears and a heart. I put, uh, I put the Spotify's on yesterday while I was walking from the train to the office. Do, 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 and do, the do. opening chords of this song came on and I started bopping along and I was like, yeah, yeah. this is the best. And then realised it was not in fact weird our Yankovic's Party in the CIA. <laughs> it was the song... Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus, which Weird Al parodied. But uh, I just heard it. And because I've only ever heard the Weird Al version, I've never listened to the original. Best. I was like, this is the best. <laughs> and then Miley Cyrus started singing. I was going, hang on, what's what's going yeah. on? Who can see me? Who can hear what what's I'm listening <laughs> to? Thank uh, God for headphones. That, th- that, that dissonance of listening to something very embarrassing on your headphones and just trying to remember that no one knows. It's very hard. It is. It is. Especially when you start doing some high kicks in the old supermarket <laughs> aisle. <laughs> but it's cool because I've outed myself now on Facebook yep. and also on this show. So, look, I'm, I'm at ease. I've dobbed myself in. Send your Unapologetically head-bopping to, to 1D. Def at level30.net. And Molly Cyrus. Surely the members of One Direction are as interchangeable as modern car parts. You would think so. They're, they're much like, uh, what's that kids group, High Five, where they just roll them out. Once they hit a certain age limit, they're like, no, nope, too old. Yeah. And then they just roll in the next sort of yeah. plain looking. Commence the Power Ranger Hunger Games and find a new High Five. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they do. And I'm sure that they could do the same thing with the old 1D. Yeah, I, I always thought that uh, what's that other one? Five yep. sauce, five seconds of summer, is it? Or five sounds of summer? They're five SOS. Did you just have a stroke? Something of summer. <laughs> you know, five sauce. They're like the uh, sounds like the drink of the summer. I think they're the understudies for One Direction. So <laughs> that's where you you go up to the next the big league is yep. you, you get the call up for One Direction, and then they just pull someone new into the old five sauce. Like the- <laughs> I assume. Like the backbench, the One Direction backbench. Yes, that's, that's it. One day that's they'll it. rule us all. The, uh, the B grade, reserves. What if Darren Hayes just gets a bit of a floppy hat on? Uh, and he, he fills in for One D. He could fill in. Because he wants to be popular again. That's right, as we've established. So that was a good song. I got a lot of grief for liking that when it came out. Savage Garden. No, not Savage Garden. When Darren Hayes did his song, Popular. And it was just all about how he wants to be popular and like, oh, I used to be in Savage Garden and now I just want everyone to like me. Did he really Which do a that? a bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> That's cool. I used to like that song uh, about being to the moon and back. I will fly you to the moon and back. Yes. You be my baby Woo! now. It was, it was rocking. Had a pretty savage guitar part in it from memory. It did. See, see what I did there? I do. A bit I do. of a, bit of a mm-hmm. savage... <laughs> Guitar part? It was uh, that line of comedy was as fruitful as the average garden. Ooh, no, I don't think that was very yeah. good. How do you want to wrap this? Well, collaborate and listen. Oh. We've been talking about 
Savage Garden. I feel like we should end on a light note. Here's, I'm going to fill you with some good news. All right. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, famous for being fucking awesome in everything from Third Rock, from The Sun, right through to Batman. He was quite, I've always liked Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he proved, when I was a kid, going like, I can still be cool with this terrible long hair. He was on the TV going, yes, Stefan, you can. <laughs> he didn't have glasses, though, He's so cut it was his a mad failure. Yeah. So, it's all good. He's attached to a Fraggle Rock movie. Really? <laughs> Which I believe he's. Bum, 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 bum. I believe bum, he's bum, not bum, only bum, starring in, but producing and maybe writing even. He loves. Which he I'm, loves the Rock. I'm. I'm down with. I'm down with the fact that we've now got these celebrities with enough money, power, chops mm-hmm. to, and Yum. I mean that as in terms of ability, I love not chops, meat. man. <laughs> to take all of the things because they grew up with the same shit that we grew up with, to take yeah. it and do something cool with it. Just going, I want to be Gargamel. No, that was Smurfs. What was the deal Which with Fraggle Rock? So you had well. these tiny little dirts. Fraggles. Called and then, Fraggles. And then you had a big hairy guys and a tree and yeah. a trash can. Dozers. Yeah. And then you, but you don't forget you had the old bloke who lived above and, and his dog, Sprocket. Yeah. He was trying to get them all the time. Oh, man. Good times down at Fraggle Rock. That sounds Da-na-na-na-na. good. You know what he's going to do? He's going to mm-hmm. dance his cares away. <laughs> Worries for another day. Let the music play. Wah, wah. Down a Fraggle Rock. I just get in a very uh, audio state of mind. I like to make a noise with my mouth hole. 